Are you ready to experience something extraordinary? Cultural gems in Croatia, ancient temples in Asia, art in Italy. We'll take care of everything. Flights, accommodation, excursions, local guides and all that planning. Travel department, let's see more. The Eight-Hand Reel Recall Two of the eight arranged to meet early that evening for a coffee in the very upmarket Grand Central shopping mall, built on top of New Street Station. The station concourse is often used as a performance area, with its multiple viewing points. Coffee ordered, and they begin to catch up, when one of them notices something happening, or about to happen. A young woman in a white t-shirt walked from Costa Coffee to the giant timetable board. She stopped and stood still. Over her head, the timetable says Duddeston, Aston, Gravelly Hill, Erdington. Then she pointed her right foot forward, very still now, arms by her side. Now a fiddler appears behind her. He plays. She dances amid the commuters. She's joined by two others, same dress. A box player joins the fiddler. Some of the passerbys are stopping to watch. Soon, seven are dancing, now ten. A band is forming. An impromptu audience is forming. A Vauron player stands in the centre of the dancing stage. This flash mob are now twenty dancers. Hard shoes, battered in the floor, band playing hornpipes, then into the faster reels. Audience claps as they change from reel to jig. The flash mob is in full spate when suddenly it's over, with the dancers disappearing among the going-home crowd. Soon they will reappear in other shopping centres in the second city. Shared videos of the flash mob with the others in their WhatsApp group. Others send photos to the press and the BBC. There had been numerous texts, phone calls, WhatsApp chat to ensure all eight could make it tonight in Digbeth. They all make arrangements at work and with family to ensure they have this evening off for a reunion of the eight-hand reel set. Twenty years ago, they were dancers. They had competed for ten or more years. Their final triumph was in London. They had danced, giving everything they had. Then the adjudicators decided they were in the final three. But to decide on the order, first, second and third, there was a recall. The three had to dance again. They were the third of the three to dance. Nerves and lactic acid galore. Accordion player and the fiddler, their friend, strike up Mrs. MacLeod's reel. They share a smile and just go for it. They had Roy Keane in their ear. Fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Oh, they had prepared. They were as one for three minutes. Music stopped and applause not only from partisan families and the other Birmingham dancing schools, but from the whole audience, including their competitors. 
Then they waited, holding hands while the adjudicators conferred. Silence, as the adjudicators seemed to finish conferring. Then the lead adjudicator read out, in third place from Glasgow, in second place from London, oh, and the noise erupted, drowning out in first place from Birmingham. For the last 20 years, they have a reunion in Digbeth celebrating that triumph and their friendship. Once inside the White Swan, they chat and reminisce and have a few jars before their dancing school's annual concert. They're like cousins. Talk ranges from family to work and back again to family. There's one agreed formality. They all agree their mums are heroines, their heroes. A toast to their mums. One says she wants to write her mum's story, a book telling of the young woman, a girl really, leaving a farm in the west of Ireland to a variety of jobs in Birmingham. Her story, their story, needs to be told. One helpful suggestion, borrowed from Jackie Collins, was to write a page a day. Then the book would be finished in a year or less. All agreed, Mum encouraged them and allowed them to practice all they wanted, literally for hours around the house. One of their mums used to say, by way of affirmation for the dancing, that they couldn't take that away from you. She would also say this about A-levels and degrees. Dancing, Irish dancing, cost. One mum would borrow money every year from the credit union for fesh, costume and shoes and the annual holiday home. Ireland was home. She would clear the debt each year in time for Christmas and Christmas presents. They met and became friends at the dancing school. Two were at the same junior school, two others at the same secondary school. They met at rehearsals. They were in figure dancing competitions together. Sometimes they competed against each other in, in individual dances. One might win a hard shoe dance while the other being placed second or third. And then those positions reversed in a jig or soft shoe competition. They were winners. Their houses were full of medals and cups from numerous competitions. Their favourite, and their mum's favourite, was the eight-hand reel. They were invited to dance at parish fundraisers, at GAA events, at county dinner dances, and at the council house at more formal Irish events. And above all, they danced on the back of a low loader on the St. Patrick's Day Parade. Oh, dancing was just great fun. They enjoyed travelling around the country and to Ireland to compete. They shared lifts in each other's family cars or sometimes the civil engineering, the subbies minibus that took some of their dads and uncles to work. They had shared the same B&Bs or Butlins type hostels at fesh competitions. Their chat and memories are all to a soundtrack that the earliest arrival to the pub had pre-programmed into the jukebox. She did this every year for every union. Christy and Listoon Varna, Christy Hennessy and his daughter, Eleanor Shanley singing My Own Leads From Home, then Dolly, Dolores and Sean Keane, 
a few jigs and reels as well. Her favourite? Sharon Shannon, playing Galway Girl and Mammy Shannon's Jig. Everyone knew some lines from each song and could sing along. They talk about their children, their relationships and making things work. Some drink Guinness, other shots or shorts. They're relaxed, like cousins. The pictures on the wall in the pub are familiar. A gentle, gifted teacher at a piano with his student, beside a picture of John Wayne ready for the mother of all street fights. Images of Connemara. Another well-known poster begins, Irish men and Irish women in the name of... The music changes. Dance music with fiddle and flute playing A Trip to the Cottage. Oh, the memory of dancing to this jig is too much. <laughs> How often had they competed to this track? Two of the girls kick off their heels and dance a jig around the pub floor. Claps, cheers, yahoos from all the bar. Lots of compliments from the girls behind the bar, dancers themselves. Talk now turns to their favourite dancers. Some prefer hornpipes, others jigs. But they all agreed they just loved to dance, any dance. One corner of the pub has soft chairs and newspapers. There are copies of the Irish Post, the Crack, the Kerryman and the Anglo-Celt, among other newspapers. The few drinkers, the readers in this corner, ask for an encore. Teasingly, the answer is maybe, <laughs> maybe later. So, maybe before or maybe after the concert, there might be another dance. Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. Are you interested in trying a new smartphone but still a little unsure? Do you want a phone that offers larger icons with louder sound and an interface that has technology designed for seniors? Well, why not choose from the Doro range by simply visiting doro.ie? Doro, make friends with innovation. They all know some of the performers in the concert. Naturally, there are their own children. Granny is in charge this evening. Nieces, nephews and their friends. Getting involved in dancing was easy. You just copied your older brother or sister, sort of assuming that you too would dance. Everyone was there because they wanted to. Although there was some concern about expectations. Maybe some were harbouring unrealistic ambitions. Simply put, that they might be world champions and lead dancers in the next Lord of the Dance phenomenon. Granny advised them not to be getting ahead of themselves. Maybe they did dream, but not unlike the underage footballer hoping to be like the premiership stars who wear their club shirt and their villa shirt with pride. Someday, someone, maybe from Birmingham, will captain Ireland or England, and some, maybe from the concert, will be in a West End Irish dance show. They're all winners anyway. They all get medals. Some are regional winners, others national champions. 
they figure out fairly quickly if they are in that elite lane. The lessons are for everyone. They are to enjoy, belong and compete. Even though there is a real sense of fun, <coughs> there are standards. High standards of rehearsal and preparation for competitions. It's permanent preparation. This demands a very clear awareness of the demands of the adjudicators. The criteria are shared with the dancers, who willingly comply in dance, dress, with wig and comportment. Home with steps and routines to practice, and they do practice oh, a lot. Anyone new to the Irish dancing scene quickly learns that it costs, especially for the dresses. You hear lots of stories about how families cope with the costs. Some sew and make the dresses, others just chip in as aunties and uncles, and especially as grannies. One of the eight admits that, like her own mum, she borrows from the credit union, paying all back in time for Christmas and Christmas presents. No one really batted an eye because competitions and tonight's concert were special celebrations, a carnival with prizes, a bit like an annual prom, a family, an extended family affair. Some argue that it is probably well, no more expensive than a family season ticket following a premiership site. The eight had begun dancing in their local church hall. Some in Spark Hill, Erdington, Perry Bar. Their school had branches around the city. Other schools had lessons in the Irish Centre and some in clubs dotted around the city and the black country. The few hours were fairly similar in each school. Dancing tuition, followed by red lemonade, Fanta and Tato crisps. Some of the downtime was spent doing homework. Barry's tea, Jacob's fig rolls and soda bread on sale on the tea and snacks table. Like much of their experience in the second city, Irish dancing wasn't well known, if at all, outside the community. It was the same as for trad music. Gaelic football, or indeed going to second mass on Sunday. Some of the other kids in school described it as tap dancing, or even line dancing. And then it happened. Europe was watching the annual Eurovision broadcast by RTE in Dublin. An electric 15-minute interval called River Dance changed everything, utterly. The genie was out of the bottle. The pure magic of it just stunned the audience in the studio and the audience watching the telly. Others picked up the theme with the film Titanic, celebrating the pure joy of Irish dancing. And then the wonderful Steph McGovern, one of the anchors on morning TV, just kicked off her shoes and showed her prowess as an Irish dancer. There's nothing more mainstream than Strictly Come Dancing with its huge audience. And even they recently opened their show with an Irish dancing Broadway show lookalike performance. And now, flash mob Irish dancing in the heart of the second city. No one asks anymore if Irish dancing is line dancing. One of the renowned Irish dancing teachers was on a Ryanair flight to Dublin. 
she was recognised by another passenger and asked, again, if Flatley had raised the standard of dance. Without missing a beat, she quietly and firmly replied that her students had always been at that elite level. She added that students from all the Birmingham schools have gone on to stellar careers as elite dancers in similar shows. Every year there are difficult decisions for the elite dancers. They might have excellent A-level predictions, and yet, because they are also world champions, there is a chance of a career as an elite dancer. Some might defer their university place, if successful in their Broadway auditions. Another opportunity for the elite dancer is to become a dance teacher. The very successful ex-river dance or son of river dance type show might open their own school. These new studio dance academies have sprung floors, mirrors, physio room, not unlike the successful dance academies on the high street. Yet they are like the church hall school with lessons for fun, enjoy, belong, compete, as well as competitions and opportunities for the elite. Fanta, Red Lemonade and Tato Crisps are plenty in both the studio and the church hall. The texts and emails organising tonight's reunion include their fiddle-playing friend, now resettled in Ireland, playing at, and teaching at Flas there. His professional commitments mean he can't join them, but they compensate with a FaceTime link-up. After the news and chat, they agree to meet him when he comes over for the trip to Birmingham trad weekend. Then he asks for their party piece. Well, our party piece, he calls it. He has the fiddle. He will accompany them playing Miss McLeod's Reel. All agree. But only if the pace is slower than at competitions. All agree to a nice, steady pace. Speed kills, one says. Or just hurts says another. Others in the bar move stools and chairs to make room for the eight-hand reel. The next few minutes of music from Sligo and dancers in the White Swan and Digbeth are a triumph of memory and will and gentle cooperation over a few nagging aches and pains. Claps all round for the recalled. Here, tonight, they are winners again. Photos and videos uploaded and sent to friends many of whom are gathering nearby for the concert. All eight phones pinged with messages. Triumph! Well done! Never lost it! Uh, more tongue-in-cheek comments from their own, their nearest and dearest, about steps missed. Although, good for your age, Mum. The cheek! Into the, into the concert. They buy raffle tickets. Hi, hello, hugs, cuddles. Then take their seats. Place is transformed into a carnival of costumes, wigs, balloons, streamers, and disco lights. Congratulations, banners asserting their confidence and success. The hostess is supported by her teaching teams. Visiting teachers from other schools are there to celebrate, and everyone waits, but, but not for long, as the school and work run in the morning ensure this is efficient as well as celebratory. An evening of constant foot-tapping, clapping and music begins 
with the littlest ones dancing first, to great applause, and quickly followed by the hugely successful under-12 group. Then hard-shoed teenagers followed by figure dancing. Everyone is clapped and cheered. It's hard to know if the dancing punctuates the, punctuates the foot tapping or the other way around. Then, before the star attraction, the dance teacher leads the crowd in applauding the musicians. The star attraction is a type of competitive dance-off, with a permitted level of showing off. First, there is a teenager who has won all there is to be won, bet all before her. She shares the floor with a professional on a break from a tour. Each show off their giftedness in each dance, jig, reel, hornpipe. All of their tricks, like fast high kicks, are hugely appreciated by the audience. Once they finish their dance, they watch their opponent show off their perfection. On completion, they applaud the audience and the musicians and a very warm appreciation for each other. Oh, floods of joyful memories for the recalled. They were stars 20 years ago. Rounds of hugs, cuddles and goodbyes as the show closes in good time to get the young ones home, well, in good-ish time. A special cuddle and well done for their own children enjoying their evening with Granny spoiling them. Back then to the White Swan. The group of eight are now joined by others. All agreed the concert was as good as ever. Birmingham schools are as successful as any in Dublin, London or New York. Someone wondered out loud, why this success in Birmingham? The discussion that followed mentioned teachers and strong community, and in the privacy of their own company, they often said it was cultural stuff. Back in their own group, they look at diaries. They pencil in next year's concert. One was going to the fashion Glasgow. Others say, eh, maybe. All agree to keep in touch and half-jokingly to keep dancing. Why not, one said. Maybe like an ageing rock band, we could reform. Yes, was the reply. Westlife are back on tour. This gets everyone thinking. Could the years be rolled back? Is this another recall? Reassuringly, someone says, The competition is limited in this age category. Therefore, by way of challenge, he says, We could win again. They ask each other serious questions like, Would they practice? and go to occasional lessons. They begin to be enthusiastic and optimistic. They would look forward to the occasional parish and county fundraiser performance, and they might even appear on a low loader at the St. Patrick's Day Parade. Home by Uber and the usual elation of a catch-up and concert was joined by the buzz of a possible relaunch. Word was already out on social media of their relaunch. In their own WhatsApp group of nine, including the Sligo Fiddler, they debated and doubted the decision. One said, don't be daft, it's the gin talking, until one took charge. The convincing argument was this was only a return for one dance, just the eight-hand reel. They could fit in about six formal lessons. The parish and county fundraisers would be gentle curtain raisers to that big day in March. There, they had it. 
a six-month plan to march. But there were a few conditions. No Celtic design costumes and wigs, no tiaras and red lemonade, well, without whiskey, especially on that cold low loader in March. They have as good as a pact between them about injuries. All agree not to dance through an injury. Someone else could be substitute if anyone is injured. Then comes the practicality of finding lesson and rehearsal time in their ridiculously busy lives. Saturday and Sunday tea times were agreed, three of each. The teacher is gentle, encouraging and fascinated. She's excited that others might also come back to train and compete. Maybe compete and even win. The perennial dance school problem of dropout before 21st birthday might be solved. The recalls begin work in earnest. Teacher and musician agree to begin at 50% of competition pace, increasing slowly at the pace they are comfortable with. A, a little challenge added every time. They practice at home, but nothing like the hours and hours of their youth. Their first public appearance is at a GAA fundraiser. Plenty of applause and welcome back. Uh, one of the younger dancers notices that it's it's much louder than them. Well, they all know why. Even their teacher with years of competition experience allowed for the 20 years absence and just praises their performance. An elderly couple said it reminded them of house dances at home in Ireland as they were obviously enjoying each other's company. Their mums and especially their grannies often talked about house dances. The recalls are delighted with their progress and the evening passes with, thankfully, no injuries. The final preparations for the low loader float was to decide on an outfit. They wanted to say something like uh, Birmingham Irish. Ooh, ah, Paul McGrath would look great, but sadly dated. The idea to wear their county shirts was attractive, but others already had had that idea. Maybe they would appear in the images of their favourite Irish pubs around the city. And then a suggestion that was agreed by all the moment it was suggested. They agree to a t-shirt covered with a photo of their mum, their heroine, with a brief biography on the back. For example, 1947, Dunfarn, County Leitrim. 1962, London. 1964, Birmingham. And in bold, a phrase that they all heard and cherished from their mums. What's stopping you? Busy few days before the parade. Final rehearsals with their teacher. She has a special surprise for them that their fiddler friend has come back from Sligo to join and accompany them, playing at 80% pace. Digbeth was crowded. Crowd estimates vary from 200 to 300,000. The marching band, formed to lead the annual parade, was out in front of the open-topped bus. And there, behind the civic dignitaries, is the leading low-loader in pride of place with the recalls, yes, leading the parade. The recalls dance in lots of three minutes, then rest, then another three minutes, 
dance, wave, cheers, claps, yahoos, all along the route. Between dances, they checked their phones, which were full of praise. Occasionally, they have a quick swig of red lemonade with an added punch of powers to keep the cold out, then dance again. Stop and wave to friends. Each time they dance, the pace quickens. The parade is so familiar and the buzz so intense that they didn't expect what comes with this fame. The BBC Midlands Today ask for an interview in the White Swan, in the Snug, when the parade finishes. Okay, they agree. <laughs> Why not? They meet, they chat, and they nearly faint with the BBC proposal. They want to film the recalls over the next year as they prepare to compete in fesh competitions. Follow them as they appear at charity events. Central to the film, to their story, is obviously their mums and their story, Glenfern to Birmingham, for example. Therefore, she wants to interview each mum and include that in the film. The producer is fascinated by how far they can go in competitions. The film's first scene will open in Grand Central, New Street, under the timetable notice board, as the recalls join with 20 others in a flash mob. Oh, time for another red lemonade. Pass the powers. Some just have the powers. Neat. Phone poke and newawet, and will knappy no fum nis orjawet. Nis eskalehusod, faker na phone in tokatal gwin, on cho, egg daro, and von klishte is dany, gidi gohon la hai glina, agus taskina, ta rod egen, gogoktina. Tanismo olis, egg, daro, dot com.